So imagine when you put your child to sleep every night that they could die if they are not connected to a mechanical ventilator. Our daughter Natasha has a very rare genetic medical condition. She stops breathing when she sleeps. Even though we pay our health insurance, there was no way we can afford her medical care. So we rely on Medicaid. At Providence St. Joseph Health, we believe health is a human right. Learn more at future.psjhealth.org. Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody out there, my name is Dr. Ray Tomos, I'm a chiropractor here in Miami, Florida and an official sponsor of the ISPS International Slow Pitch Softball League. Welcome to the Hot Corner here Thursday nights at 7 on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be covering everything about general health, chiropractic, slow pitch softball, other sports as well, whatever you the listener wants to listen to. This show is based primarily for you guys to keep you entertained and to keep you informed. Call in or tweet us to get on the air. We'll be giving out the number and all our information throughout the show. Hope you guys enjoy and get ready for the Hot Corner. And welcome back, everybody. It's Dr. Ray here with you as as usual on every Thursday night at 7 p.m. here on Blog Talk Radio. Now, tonight's a special night because it's going to be my first night as the only host of the show. Normally, I have Mr. Manuel T. Ferrero III um, on the show with me, and it's actually Manny's birthday tonight. So Manny's out there somewhere celebrating, um, so much so that I'm sure he's probably not even listening at this point, even though Manny loves the show um, and loves being a part of it and really wanted to uh, to be on the show tonight. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to join me, and I understand because it is his birthday. Uh, good thing is my birthday this year falls on a Friday, so still going to have plenty of time for the hot corner. Uh, so that being said, Manny, happy birthday. Hope you're enjoying it. And uh, we're still going to have a fun show here without you. So tonight on the Hot Corner, what we're going to talk about is weight loss, one of everybody's favorite topics. <clears throat> so we're going to review different exercises, a couple different things to do as far as, you know, how can we maximize weight loss, what prevents us from losing weight, what are some of the considerations that we want to look at. Um, you know, I feel like everybody is either overweight or underweight. I don't feel like there's not many people that are happy with where they are right now. And that's something that we're going to kind of delve into a little bit too. You know, kind of our self, um, our self perspective, you know, what, what do we look at when we look in the mirror and how do we analyze ourselves and how does that really affect what we do on, in the gym and, you know, everywhere that we go and how do we carry ourselves and our confidence levels and all those things. So, we're going to talk a little bit about how all that stuff adds up and, and how it can all go into weight loss and what are some of the main things we want to focus on and what we want to try to really uh, nail down and hammer down and, and some of the key concepts. Um, so if you guys have any questions about weight loss or if you guys have any success stories or weight loss or, or anything that has you feel has not let you um, deal with weight loss or, or not let you lose weight in the past, then go ahead and give us a call. You can call in at 347-637-3978. Again, the, the guest call-in number if you want to get on the show and ask me a question. <clears throat> we had a few callers last week, and it was great. Love the interaction. Um, the the call-in number is 
637-3978. So there's there's the health topic of the night, which is going to be weight loss. And and the top three segment of the night that we've been doing, which has become very popular, is going to be the top three exercises that we can do. So um, I've got a couple exercises that I really love doing. Um, and ones that really help to burn weight or to burn fat and to lose weight and to and to really kind of involve the whole entire body there. So those are some of the things that <clears throat> we're going to talk about tonight on the show. We got our top three exercises. We have our weight loss health topic of the night, and then I also wanted to talk a little bit about opening week and opening day and and a lot of the things that have been going on um, in baseball. And if if there's anybody out there that wants to call in and and talk to, talk about a specific play they saw or anything that they saw go down or how their favorite team started out and kind of what's happening there, you know, you're more than welcome to send us your tweets using hashtag the hot corner, um, or you can call in the show. Again, you can uh, call the show at 347-637-3978. So let's go ahead and get into baseball then. Uh, Baseball, opening week, one of my favorite weeks. I did watch Major League 1 and 2 before the season started, so my tradition is alive I love it. Very, very important uh, for me. I'm, uh, <clears throat> like we talked about a couple weeks ago on the show, there's a lot of traditions and superstitions and a lot of different things that go into being an athlete, and, and I'm very superstitious and traditious as well, too. So I was able to get that in and, and, and watch my Major League One and Major League Two, so I feel like the Oakland A's, who are my favorite team, are going to have a great season. And, and they did start out all right, but Ooh, Jim Johnson's a little bit shaky as the closer there. Now, the A's, who are my favorite team, so I'm going to talk about them for a little bit as far as opening week go. They made a move that really surprised me. The A's are a, a small market team. They make their, you know, they play Bean, Billy Bean, Moneyball, you know, and they went out and they spent $10 million on a closer. Um, not only that, they spent $10 million on a closer that blew, I think, like six to eight saves last year. Uh, so not really like the A's, especially with such a strong bullpen that they have. You know, last year they had uh, the Aussie, Grant Balfour, who went over to Tampa Bay, and he's closing games in Tampa Bay now, um, but he was solid for the A's all year. But even when he was a little bit shaky, there was a lot of other backups there that were ready to go, you know, like Sean Doolittle and some of the other guys in the pen there. So I'm a little surprised that the A's didn't save that money, maybe spend it on a little bit more offense, um, or maybe on another rotation guy, um, since their rotation is really hurting right now due to all those injuries. But anyway, they spent it on Jim Johnson, and I'm hoping he's going to be a valuable asset to the team, but he's already blown one save in 2014. So we'll see how that ends up. And, you know, I think, I think like we, we're going to talk about a little bit later, a lot of being a closer is confidence. You got to walk on to the mound. And, you know, if you're, if you're Rick Vaughn, you want to walk the guy to get to Parkman. You know, not not too many guys, <laughs> not too many coaches are gonna are gonna agree with you. You know, like Jack Taylor did. But hey, man, that's why it's major league and that's why it's a movie. But really, that's the way it's got to be. So it's funny. One of my all time favorite quotes. I love saying it is uh, Bob Euchre is up there calling the game, and you know, on the mound, Rick Vaughn's like, "I want Parkman," and Taylor's like, "All right, go get him, Rick." And then you know, they they start walking the guy, and uh, Bob Euchre goes, "Well." Obviously, Taylor's thinking, I don't know what the hell he's thinking. <laughs> so that part always gets me. I think it's a pretty funny, uh, one of my favorite parts of the movies there. And sometimes, you know, you don't. we don't know why managers do what they do. Sometimes it's a player's feeling. Sometimes it's a hunch. 
sometimes it works out, and, and if it does, the guy's a genius, and sometimes it doesn't, and if it doesn't, then he's an idiot. So, you know, it's it's like the stock market. It's it's like everything in the world that's unpredictable. You take a chance sometimes, and you let it roll. Um, but I think that you do that based a lot on a pitcher's confidence. So hopefully Jim Johnson's confidence isn't hurting. Hopefully the A's didn't make a bad move by spending a lot of money on him. And uh, hopefully some of their pitchers can get healthy again. You know, Sonny Gray was a rookie call-up last year who was wonderful, but that's their opening day starter this year. I mean, I think he's going to be a really good pitcher this year. I'm expecting, you know, kind of in the middle teens of wins from him, you know, kind of a, a ERA around three, maybe 3-2, three, um, hopefully underneath that because he is on a couple of my fantasy teams. And probably, a, you know, a whip uh, 1.1 to 1.2, and those are solid fantasy numbers. You know, he's a rookie, so he's probably going to have, a, you know, a couple blow-up games here and there that may inflate that a little bit. But overall, I think that's what you can expect out of him. And he is pitching in the in the uh, pitcher-friendly combines there in Oakland. So, you know, we'll see how they how they turn out there with Sonny Gray um, and the rest of the rotation there. They did deal Brett Anderson to the Rockies last year, so they did lose one of their lefty starters. So, you know, hopefully the rest of the pen will come up. But I think they did make a great move by adding Scott Casimir as well, too. And Scott Casimir is a, is a little lefty who, um, you know, I think he's from, from around these parts here down in South Florida. And he uh, was with the Rays for a while, kind of resurrected his career last year with the Indians. Um, he had a lot of control troubles early on in his career. But obviously, he's worked out his mechanics, and he threw a gem the other night for the A's, and hopefully they'll uh, they'll continue to, to spin gems for the A's there because, like I said, that's one of my teams. So moving on from the A's, we can talk a little bit about the Marlins. Um, for all the for all you guys that have been watching the Marlins down here, and, and again to remind any of the listeners out there, we got 50 minutes of show left. If you want to talk about your fantasy team, if you want to talk about your baseball, your favorite baseball team, whatever it is you got going on, go ahead and give me a call here three four seven six three seven three nine seven eight. So the Marlins this year have actually they started out on a two game. You can't call it a streak because two is in a row and three is a streak. Uh, but they started out with two game, winning two games in a row, and they dropped one yesterday, and then they had a really nice comeback today. Um, and, boy, I tell you what, I love having day games. There's nothing better to me than coming to lunch break, being able to turn on a little bit of baseball and just let my mind relax for a little bit. You know, I've got paperwork and patience and blood work and all these different things to figure out all day. It's nice to come home to just a little bit of day baseball, watch one of my fantasy pitchers pitch against you know, a studly lineup and <clears throat> watch all the battles. I, I absolutely love it. So thank goodness that baseball is back and day baseball is back, and uh, it gives us definitely something to do during the day and, and, and as well as at night. You know, now the great thing is I go home and I put on some uh, – Put on a little bit of uh, I don't know Fox Sports or Sun Sports or whatever the channel is down here, and I literally just do whatever other work I have to do. Watch the Marlins. If I'm at the gym and the game is on, it's good to you know while I'm doing some cardio, just watch the game. So again, thank God for baseball and thank God it's back. And so far, it's been pretty eventful um, for the Marlins. A nice rally comeback today. Um, the first game was just pure domination with Jose Fernandez. Man, we have to spend a minute on Jose Fernandez. This guy is unbelievable. You know, I'm a little bit worried about his arm there, but, man, that guy can really pitch the ball. Jose Fernandez is definitely, I believe, going to be one of the best pitchers in the game for the next few years if he can stay healthy. That that slider he's got is just 
man, it's sick. It's so tight. You can't see any spin on it. And it's just moving across that plate, breaking into lefties, breaking away from righties. And it's just an amazing strikeout pitch. And, you know, to top it all off, he's, he's reaching 97 on the radar gun. So, and just 21 years old. So, you know, an amazing athlete. Glad to have him here on the team. Hopefully, hopefully the Marlins lock up their young talent like Stanton and, uh, and Fernandez. And, and, you know, they, hopefully they, they, start to build around them i'd like to see them with the second lowest payroll you know of of the majors start to maybe spend a little bit of money like they promised they were a few years ago and i think that we have a lot of really good young players that if we if we bring in a veteran or two we might be able to make some changes here so i'm looking forward to to seeing what the marlins do this year and if some of these young guys can put some chemistry together and continue to get on a win streak I think it's going to force upper management and the clubhouse there to bring a veteran in and to bring a free agent in. And, you know, I think we've got a great bullpen. You know, we've got lefties. We've got situational guys. Steve Ciszek has been really tremendous last year. Hasn't blown a save since, I think, July of last year, which is, which is amazing. So, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to jinx anybody. We'll knock on some wood there. But uh, hopefully we'll see that the Marlins continue to perform well and, and stay in some games and really make some things happen. I feel like last year – all the bounces went against us. Hopefully this year that'll balance out, balance out a little bit more, and we'll see a little bit better performance there from the Marlins. So, <clears throat> again, Marlins looking good. Um, another surprise is an ex-Marlin, Mr. Emilio Bonifacio. And uh, Mr. Bonifacio started out on a tear. He's He's hitting, I think, over 600 right now. He's been on base every single game. He's got four or five stolen bases already um, to start the season out. So he's just on fire. Anybody who drafted him in their fantasy league, hopefully they've been playing him because uh, he's just been on a tear. And uh, speaking of tears, there's also been Justin Smoke up in Seattle. Uh, he's definitely been on a tear, and his teammate Brad Miller. Um, really, the the Mariners in general have been kind of on fire. Who knows if uh, Mr. Don't You Know Robbie Cano has been uh, lighting something, lighting a fire up under these guys right now. But, um, you know, they are playing really well in Seattle. And as we mentioned, those fences are starting to come in, in Seattle. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more power out there as well, too, from, from the, from the gang. Um, but definitely a surprising start to Seattle and, and it's good to see these teams and, you know, baseball is such a streaky game. And I think it goes in again, a lot towards that confidence towards, you know, a team kind of gels together and then they start playing confident together and they realize that they can start winning. And then the talent just starts to meld and, and mesh and that's when you really see great ball part, great ball teams come together and, and win a championship and make a run. And, um, you know, it's the first week of the season, and I'm super excited. Um, so <clears throat> what I wanted to do with you guys is go through my fantasy teams a little bit and uh, see what you guys thought, if you guys had any commentary about that, um, if you guys thought I had any holes or any weaknesses or any trades that you think I should make. And if you guys want to talk about your fantasy teams, go ahead, give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to review your team. And uh, I'd love to go over your players with you and see if there's any trades that you've got considered or any trade proposals that you've gotten or anything like that. This is one of my favorite things to talk about here uh, with, with my with my teammates, you know, or, or my league mates, actually, not my teammates, sorry. Um, but let's go ahead and start out here with my uh, – with one of my leagues. Now this league I've been playing in for a long time with a good buddy of mine from chiropractic school and all his friends, and they're all Gators fans and they're all Mets fans. So it's fun to definitely talk smack to them. Uh, they got the upper hand right now with basketball. 
Um, but I don't think the Mets are going to have that great of a year this year. So we'll see. And uh, I've won this league two out of the last three years. And uh, the year that I didn't win it, I also came in third place. Uh, so I've been doing pretty well. Now, this is a points league, which basically means every single stat accumulates a point. So a, a run is a point. A walk is a point. A home run is four points because you get a point for every base. Stolen base is one and a half points. So <clears throat> you kind of get the idea there. And, and there are some negative points. For example, caught stealing or strikeouts, they, those count against you. Now, for pitching, walks, um, blown saves, losses, those count against you as well, too. So this is a league where you really kind of have to look at a lot more than just does the guy accumulate a lot of stats. Certain players are, are more valuable than other players based on the fact that they they don't strike out as much, you know, that they're that they're doing a little bit better there. So, <clears throat> you know, it, it really depends on, on your league. So, again, based on the points set up for my league, I think that I've drafted a nice little squad here. So um, we're going to get to that right in a minute here. I do see that we have a caller online right now. So we're going to head and we're going to go to that caller right now. Caller, please tell me your name and where you're calling from. Hello, you're on the air right now. Are you there? All right. Well, we have a caller who is is not picking up right now. Um, doesn't know if don't know if he knows that he's online right now. So if you are there, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to mute you again. And if you do want to call in, go ahead and call right back. Hang up and call right back so I can see you come in and come out of the room there. And we'll go ahead and we'll get you on the air and we'll talk about whatever whatever it is that you wanted to talk about there. Um, so that being said, let's go right into my team here. Um, at catcher, I've got Salvador Perez for, for the Royals. At first base, I've got kind of a platoon squad here. I've got uh, Matt Adams at first base right now. Second base, I've got Brandon Phillips from the Reds. Beltre as my third baseman from Texas. We've got Starlin Castro as my shortstop. Now, I started out with Jonathan Villar. Somebody dropped Castro. Castro was a phenom a few years ago, over 200 hits, and ever since then, he's just fallen off the planet. So um, he's one of those guys in this league that isn't quite so valuable, even though he may hit doubles and steal bases, because he does strike out a lot. So those guys that don't have a lot of discipline are kind of rough. So I feel like I have a little hole there at shortstop. So I feel like my outfield is very strong, and that's where we're going to move next. I've got Sinsu Chu as my center fielder. I've got Michael Kadire, who I move in it from out from outfield also to first base. I got Starling Marte, who's a little bit of a free swinger, but man, that guy rakes, and he had an amazing uh, hit last night to tie the game up in extra innings that I was watching, and so that was great. And then I've also got Alex Rios, who I think this year is going to have a breakout year. Um, so I'm excited to see what Alex Rios and the Rangers can do. As you can see, I got a lot of Rangers: uh, Alex Rios, Sinsu Chu, Adrian Beltre. So. I'm banking that the Rangers and that ballpark in Arlington there is going to definitely provide me some power numbers and get me a lot of points there. Um, so in addition, on the bench, I've got Cole Calhoun, who's the leadoff hitter now for the uh, for the Angels. And if he stays in that spot, he's going to pr provide plenty of power, or excuse me, plenty of runs and, and some uh, some good points there batting in front of Mike Trout and Albert Pujols and all those guys over there. Um, so that being said, that's the offense. We're going to go ahead right now, and we're going to try our caller one more time, and we're going to see, because he did call right back in. So we're going to see now. Uh, you are live on the air there. Uh, are you with me? Check hey, Dr. Ray. It's uh, Manny Ferrero. How are you, man? I just wanted to call in and uh, say what's up. Listening oh, to your Manny. show. 
Manny, you're calling in on your birthday. That's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear it. How you doing, buddy? Yes, sir, man. I support my uh, my one of my favorite shows on the radio, man. I I can never miss this show, even if it is my birthday, man. Thank you for mentioning that, though. Oh, hundred percent, man. You know, uh, you know, we miss you here. Um, it's a lot more fun talking to somebody else than myself, but <laughs> it's still good uh, to be here on the hot corner and and delivering some information tonight. Tonight's all about fantasy and weight loss and and top three exercises. So um, <clears throat> glad you're listening. Hope you're having a, a happy birthday. And uh, if there's anything else that you wanted to input or talk about, go ahead and let me know. Uh, really, I'm I'm interested in in uh, learning a little bit about fantasy. Maybe next year I could get into one of these uh, fantasy leagues. I've never done it. I've never done fantasy football or fantasy. Actually, I lie. I've done one season of fantasy football, and uh, you know I really can't. Um, I can't rely on somebody else to get me my point. I like to uh, rely on myself to, you know, do any type of uh, sporting activities. But uh, I guess it's more of a brain game than uh, than anything else. But I just want to l- listen to your fantasy baseball uh, topic and, and learn a little bit more about this. All right, man, no problem. Well, um, definitely – we're going to get into into the fantasy and how it kind of all works, and we'll break down a little bit about what's going on and, and where I am stand, standing-wise and who's been contributing to that, um, and we'll go from there. So um, if I'm going to go ahead and leave you on the line. If you ever have a question or anything, go ahead, and or if you have to leave, you know you're more than welcome. Um, but thanks for joining me again and, and on your birthday especially. So um, let's go ahead and, and move on a little bit here into my into my pitching rotation. Now, this league is very heavy on pitching rotation because there's an innings cap. So you can't just pick up a whole bunch of pitchers and, and hopefully they get you wins because, you know, you have 1,500 innings for the whole year. So you want to try to get as many points out of each inning as you can. So pitchers that strike guys out are way more valuable than pitchers who don't. That being said, pitchers who are very wild, who strike a lot of guys out, really kind of even out and balance out because if they walk a lot, they're subtracting points as well too. Um, Wins and losses are hard. You never know what's going to happen. You know, you can have a pitcher go six innings and give up seven runs and get the win if he's got a lot of offense. Or you could have what happened to uh, my best pitcher, Max Scherzer, the other night. He was on the mound, breezed through eight innings of work, and then his, his closer blew the save. So I didn't get the extra 12 points that you get from having a win. So obviously wins are, are a huge point booster. And uh, when they come from your starting pitcher, it's always great because they normally pitch more innings than a relief pitcher would. So you definitely want to try to target pitchers who are playing on better teams, who can get wins, um, who can who can supply you with some more points there. So that being said, let's go through my rotation. I got Max Scherzer, great strikeout guy, playing for a great team, um, and and definitely led the league in wins last year. So. You know, last year was a different year, but hopefully we'll see that he does well. Um, my next pitcher is Chris Archer from Tampa Bay. Very young guy, just inked a six-year uh, six deal. Um, touches 100 on the radar gun. He'll get his strikeouts. Like every young pitcher, he'll have his blowout days. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to the days where he performs very well. I've got Scott Kazmier um, because I'm an Oakland fan, and I believed in the resurrection from him last year. So hopefully he'll continue to, to throw gems like he did the other night. I've got a, a couple other guys up my sleeve with Madison Bumgarner, who, believe it or not, is younger than Matt Harvey. Um, if anybody out there plays any keeper leagues, 
everybody knows that, oh, Matt Harvey was one of the best keepers, but Madison Bumgarner is actually younger than Matt Harvey. So uh, put that into perspective a little bit, and he's already achieved a whole lot. So I'm looking forward to having Madison Bumgarner on my team for a few years, and hopefully the Giants will pick it up this year with the sticks like they have been, and we'll get some wins out of Madison there, and his defense will play behind him. Um, I also have another very young phenom in the game, Mr. Garrett Cole. Very excited about having him on the team. Um, I had him stashed on my bench almost the whole year last year, waited for him to make his arrival, and it was not disappointing. Um, So very happy to see Garrett Cole on the team. I've got another Oakland pitcher, Dan Straley. Uh, He could be a sneaky source of strikeouts. He was one of my last picks. Um, He has not started yet. I'm looking forward to that start there, so we'll see how that happens. And then in this league, as I mentioned earlier, you have to have an innings cap. So you have to be careful by just getting starting pitchers. And closers get a lot of points if they strike people out and they get saves. Saves are worth six points. And if you can get a closer to strike out the side, which would be, uh, let me see, one and a half times each. So you're looking at four and a half points there. Plus the save, you're looking at nine and a half. You're looking at nine and a half points, and one inning, you're looking at ten points, ten and a half points right there for just one inning of work. So you definitely want to get some good quality closers. So I made a trade last year, which brought me over Craig Kimbrell, who's undoubtedly the best closer in the game. So I was super happy about that. Then I've got my man Grill Cheese, Jason Grilly, uh, closer for the Pirates, who's actually already blown a save, um, unfortunately. Hopefully he'll be, he'll continue to do well in his role because he's got a great backup behind him, Mark Melanson. Um, so we'll see what the Pirates can do in that young squad there, and hopefully Grilly will get 30-plus saves again this year with a nice K ratio and stay healthy. Um, so we got Grant Balfour in addition. That's my other closer for for the Rays. Um, it seems like every everybody who closes for the Rays has a quality year. Even, I mean, if Fernando Rodney can do it, I think Grant Balfour can do it. So I'm excited to see what happens there. And then I've got a, a little closer in waiting, uh, Alexi Ogando. He's the setup man in Texas. Um, so we'll see what happens with Joaquin Soria. We'll see if he holds up as the closer there. Um, but the great part about the closer game is that it's like a carousel. You know, there's already been three closers that have lost jobs. Bobby Parnell lost his job already. Everybody thought Nate Jones was going to be the closer in Chicago, and now it's Matt Lindstrom. So, you know, the waiver wire is really is really heavy when it comes to closers, and especially in this league because they're so valuable. So everybody's got like two or three closers and waitings on the bench. And so it's very competitive. And, and this is, even though this league is for $0, I think it's the league that I pay the most attention to because of the competition. So, um, and it's a, it's a great keeper league. We get to keep five guys every single year. Um, my five keepers are Garrett Cole, Madison Bumgarner, Max Scherzer, Craig Kimbrell. And then I went ahead and I kept Adrian Beltre. Um, now I had a really hard decision at the beginning of the year, and that was to keep either Garrett Cole or Giancarlo Stanton. Now, in a regular league where there's no strikeouts that are counted, I'm probably going to keep Stanton over Cole. Uh, but because of this league and, and Giancarlo's ability to stay healthy over the last few years, um, I've rolled, I have rolled rolled the dice and went with Cole this year. So hopefully that doesn't come back to bite me. Stanton doesn't turn into the best player on, on earth and, and Garrett Cole gets Tommy Johns or something like that. That would probably be the worst thing that could ever happen as far as my fantasy team's concerned. So hopefully we don't see any of that go on. Um, so that's one of my fantasy teams, and if anybody has any input on that, you can tweet it to uh, doctor, at Dr. Ray T on Twitter, or you can use fan, uh, hashtag the hot corner, um, or you can get me on my Facebook, which is facebook.com slash 353heal. You're more than welcome to, uh, to get me there. And um, that being said, we're going to go ahead and continue 
a little bit and, and review my next team there. So overall, actually, you know what, let's recap this one a little bit. So I think that at shortstop, I've got a little bit of a hole with Starling Castro. Um, I like the fact that I've got Kadire and Matt Adams circling between first base and outfield. Um, I think I do have a lot of good guys that I got some value for. I absolutely love all my keepers and, and then the supporting uh, role that I got. And hopefully Alexi Ogando will take over that Texas role. And if he does, I've got closers for really good teams that get a lot of wins, that have a lot of K rates, and that should be able to keep my inning limit down. And I think that I can be very competitive in that league. Um, currently, I'm in first or second place there. Um, and the guy in first place finished in almost last last place last year. So we'll see if he if he maintains that. He's had a few starts um, and some pitchers that uh, that have done some good work for him. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so let's change gears a little bit and let's move into my. Uh, I have a ten-team league now. Now a ten-team league head-to-head. So there's no points involved. This is just an accumulation of stats. And basically, what it does is it allows uh, it allows you to kind of not bank so much on each player as an individual, but kind of players that you can put, piece together to to get stats. So instead of getting five-tool guys like Mike uh, like Mike Trout who contribute in every category. You can kind of get some guys that contribute more in power but less in average and then even it out with a guy who doesn't have a lot of power but then go ahead and get you some average. So a really different strategy when it comes to this one. So let's go over the let's go over the squad here. And, and basically what we're looking at is at catcher I've got Jonathan Lucroy who um, also has first base eligibility, which is good. If any, if any other catchers come out of nowhere this year, like maybe Jan Gomes um, or Tony Sanchez who are two South Florida guys, then – you know, maybe we'll see. Well, maybe we'll see what happens, and I can pick up somebody and rotate through out there. And it's always good to have that because catchers get a lot of days off. So for all you guys out there listening, it's always good to have two catchers if you have the bench space for it. Sometimes injuries take up too much bench space, and you can't do it. Um, but it is always good, especially in a head-to-head league, to have guys that you can plug in when you know they're going to be playing a day game after a night game or something like that. So again, it's all these little intricacies of fantasy baseball that I ended up falling in love with. Um, and really make me I feel competitive uh, in these leagues. I try to. I'm, I'm usually in the top six, um, usually in the playoffs, and and usually around the top of the league. So, I think another advantage that I have is being able to see the injuries and what happens to these guys when they get injured, and then from there being able to say, all right, that injury I know is a guy that I can trade for because other people think he's going to be out for a while, or maybe I should try to let go of this guy, or maybe I'm going to try to avoid that guy completely, whatever the case is. So. Um, that being said, let's hey, go Dr. through. Ray. What's that, Manny? Hey, um, the other night on my show, I just remembered um, talking about major league ball players and everything. What have you heard, or have you heard anything good about Jan Gomez from the Cleveland Indians? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I played with Jan's bigger, older brother, actually, Kim. Um, and I, I knew Jan a little bit. Uh, he was always out at our fields and always out at, at our practices and everything like that. And he just think the uh, I think a six a six year twenty four million dollar uh, twenty four million dollar deal with a club option for you know two years after that. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I think his older brother was even better than him. Um, but Jan has really developed into a great player, a clutch hitter. He's got a he's got a, a hose back from behind the plate. He does play great defense. He really understands the game well. And uh, I'm just really happy to see him get the opportunity. And I think he does a really great thing for the Indians to where he can really spell Carlos Santana, um, who's, who's one of their great offensive players, um, but does get a little bit worn down from catching. So, I mean, he, great, he brings a great stick, a great 
to the lineup and he brings some great defense, you know, what else do you want from your catcher? So I'm really happy to see that, you know, one of our South Florida guys and one of the people in my circle has uh, kind of made it all the way to the majors and now is really blossoming. And, you know, it's awesome. I, I, I can't sing his praises more. Um, Jan's, Jan's a good guy, and, and I know a lot of people that know him down here as well, too, and everybody has nothing but great things to say about him. Um, and he's always, you know, he's always contributing and giving back as much as he can. So um, definitely a good guy and a great and a great player as well, too. No, I, I was oh, very I was surprised. Um, uh, on our show on our last, show last uh, Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, we had a listener call in, well, not call in, but text us about Jan Gomez because he remembers – Jan Gomez, when uh, he actually used to play down here in our leagues where we used to be FAS, Florida Adult Softball. So uh, big shout-out to uh, Jan Gomez, and congratulations on the, the new deal with the Cleveland Indians, man. Now, w- would you pick him on your fantasy uh, baseball team or not? As a matter of fact, I've been going back and forth. I'm trying to find roster space. right? See, the, the problem is in the beginning of the year, it's hard to it's hard to kind of evaluate what's going to happen. Like last year, and this is a great example. Last year, Mike Morse and Chris Davis both got off to great starts. They hit like six home runs in the first week each. And somebody offered me Chris Davis for Michael Morse, and I have really liked Michael Morse because he hit 300 in the past. I saw he had some legit power. And then all of a sudden, I said, No, you know what? I'm going to keep Mike Morse. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna turn down Chris Davis because Chris Davis had no track record. He had never done it before. And then before you know it, Chris Davis is now nicknamed Crush Davis. He was the home run champ from last year. Um, Could have been MVP. Um, uh, was in the home run derby. I mean, just about everything that you want out of a player that you trade for. And Mike Morse ended up getting hurt. Ended up only playing like 70 games. Um, and and was off of my team within the next three weeks. So that just shows that just goes to show you how hard the game is and and the little choices that you do decide to go on and how they can just really completely backfire and there's nothing you can do to predict that. So that being said, right now I've drafted a team that I really really like and with some intricate parts in it and I'm trying to I've, I've actually been trying to pick Jan up because I think he is going to blossom into a great catcher and and he is getting a lot of playing time. Um but I'm trying to see where I can fit him in. So um, you know, maybe if we got any callers out there that that want to listen listen to uh, to the team and tell me what can fit them in, I'd be more than happy. Um, so you know, I, I'm trying to get them on there, and I think I have some space for them. And I'll let you know who it is that I'm thinking about cutting when it comes to that. So, and then why I, why I don't want to cut so quickly as well too. So, um, let's go ahead and, and continue here. So, catcher Jonathan Lucroy. First base, Prince Fielder. That's one of my big boppers. Ex- expecting him to have a nice year in Texas. At second base, I've got a little bit of a hole. Um, I'm alternating right now between Colton Wong, who's the rookie for St. Louis, who's been on a tear lately. Um, he's currently one for two tonight with two runs. Um, and Brett Laurie. Now, Brett Laurie, I was in love with a few years ago when he came up. He helped me win a championship. But he's really fell off the map as well since since then as well too. Now that, that's a guy that can contribute in five categories, play some good defense, but he's just really been in a slump for the past season. And uh, maybe he just had one great one great showing and he was a flash in the pan. Um, but that's one guy that I'm considering. You know, d- depending on what happens there, second base is, is a hole that I think I have that I got to work on. So Colton Wong and Brett Lowry are kind of filtering throughout there. Third base, I've got Adrian Beltre again. Um, so I've got my two boppers from Texas, Beltre and Fielder. 
at shortstop, this is this is one of the areas where I really just said, listen, I'm going to go after one category here. I don't care if this guy gets a good average. I don't care if he ever hits a home run. And I went after the shortstop uh, from Houston, Jonathan VR. Um, now, I wanted to take somebody like um, Everett Cabrera, who can also steal some bases at shortstop, but he ended up getting snag- snagged away from me literally two picks before me. So um, Jonathan VR is who I ended up having to go with, probably my last pick in the draft. I didn't take shortstop until the end. Um, and it's because I-, I was trying to draft somebody a little bit lower quality, but somebody else snagged them from me. So um a little bit stuck there at shortstop. I might be having to make a trade later on in the season, depending on what happens with VR. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, and then in the outfield, I've got Giancarlo Stanton, who I'm excited to have in this league because strikeouts don't matter. I've got Austin Jackson. Should score plenty of runs for Detroit there, and, and triples are a big thing in this league also, so hopefully he'll contribute there. I think he already has. And then I've got Will Myers as well, too. I think Will Myers is going to be a stud for Tampa Bay for plenty of years to come. So I'm happy to have him on the squad. And then I've got Billy Butler as my utility guy, who I can also plug in at first base if Prince Fielder is having an off day. And then uh, I've got Cole Calhoun on the bench. So I've got Calhoun in both leagues, and I actually have him in all the leagues that I'm playing in because I think he's going to be a good guy um, and that can definitely provide a lot of runs in front of that Angels firepower there. Um, so if, if you notice, my players are a little bit better on this team because there's only 10 teams instead of 12. So, again, you're going to have a little bit more of a talent pool, a few more stars and scrubs there. So my pitching staff, I think, is excellent in this league. i got a, a lot of really good arms that I'm excited about. I think my worst pitcher is Giovanni Gallardo, um, and I've got plenty of guys. So I've got Gio Gonzalez from Washington, Danny Salazar, who's lighting up the radar gun, and he was a phenom last year. Julio Tehran from Atlanta, who's really come out of his own. Sonny Gray, again, a great pitcher from Oakland. Chris Archer, he's on my other team. I got him on this one as well, too. Uh, so far, he's thrown an inning and a strikeout and, and a perfect frame. Uh, Gallardo, as I mentioned. Shelby Miller, who kind of disappeared down the stretch last year, but I think he's going to be good for St. Louis. And uh, Pineda, who won the fifth starter role in New York coming off of the shoulder injury. So, And then on top of that, I got you Darvish on the DL. So when you Darvish comes back off the DL, I'll probably be dropping one of those second basemen. And again, it's kind of hard to fit Jan Gomes in into this uh, into this team because there's a lot of studs out there. So um, that's one of the problems that I'm having with this league is who do I drop? Um, and you don't want to drop the guy who ends up going on a tear for the rest of the year as soon as you drop him. Um, last two years ago, I dropped Mike Trout three days before he was called up. And somebody else picked him up, and now he's on their team. Uh, so <laughs> that's why it's sometimes you, you don't want to drop anybody if, if you can't, um, you know, if you don't have to absolutely drop them. So, um, again, it's unpredictable, and it's a lot of fun, and that's one of the reasons why I love fantasy baseball. So those are my squads there. Um, so I'm pretty happy with them, and, and I'm excited right now. I'm winning in my head-to-head league 7-5. to five. And uh, like I said, I'm in second place in my points league, so it's always good to kind of get up top and try to try to build a lead there. So um, those are my fantasy teams. If anybody wants to tweet any comments or Facebook any comments about those, you're always more than welcome. Um, but that being said, and, and finishing up there, I kind of want to get into the health topic of the night a little bit. Unless, Manny, you had any other questions about fantasy? Well, I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you think about the Florida uh, – sorry, the Florida Marlins. I'm still stuck on that Florida. The Miami Marlins and uh, how they're doing so far in, in the season. 
Well, I touched on that a little bit earlier, um, but they actually had a great comeback today. Um, they came back in the bottom of the eighth inning or the bottom of the ninth inning, a four-run rally to beat the Rockies, and they took three out of four. Um, so a great start to the season. Um, you know, last year, Jose Fernandez did not lose a game in Marlins Stadium. Um, so, you know, if they can continue that and his domination and if Stanton can stay healthy and if some of those young guys come to the stadium to play, I, you know, I think the Marlins could be competitive. You know, that Marcelo Zuna has been really swinging the stick well. Um Yelich made only. Yes, I saw. I saw him hit a home run the other on opening night. He hit a home run. Yeah, just an absolute bomb. And then I think he was three for four the next night. So um, he's been playing really well. And uh, you know, so I'm looking forward to the Marlins and seeing what they can do. Um, I, I think that we do have a, a problem with second base. Uh, so I'd like to see if we, you know, maybe we make a move for a second baseman and try to maybe resurrect the second baseman during the year or some, some, some point if we're staying competitive. Um, but I like the Marlins. You know, right now everybody's in it. They're 3-1, and one, so, you know, they definitely got off on the right foot, and hopefully they can continue that momentum and, and gel and keep winning games. And how many, how many games do you think they'll win throughout the season? Oh, man. You know what? How about this? If everybody stays healthy – if Eovaldi pitches like he pitched the other night, if our bullpen holds up, and these are a lot of ifs, you know, I think potentially the Marlins could win, you know, somewhere in the 70-game range. You know, I think that we could be in the 70s, I think, is a safe number. Um, you I'm know, gonna, our, I'm going to have to go look at the, the over-unders in Vegas. Yeah, let's take a – you know what? Let's take a – let me go ahead and take a look at the over-unders here in Vegas. Let's see what we got. Let's see. Over and under. Over under for Marlins wins this year. And let's see let's see what Vegas says. Uh let's see. Over under wins for the Marlins. What do you think, Manny? What's your number? Fifty five. Fifty five? Mm mm mm. Where is it at? 55. Well, I just saw something that said 8-6 wins, but I realized that that was not this season. That's when we had Reyes and we had <laughs> – that's when we had oh. everybody else. So I was going to say, well, I don't know about 86. Uh, I don't know about 86. So let's see here. Um, let's see, Miami Marlins. They have them at 66.5. Wow. So 6.5. So I said, you know, maybe mid 70s. I gave them a little bit more there. So we'll see. We'll see how they end up. Um, you know, again, we've got a lot of really young players, and if anybody does get hurt, you know, we're we're gonna be in some trouble there because uh, I don't know about our depth, uh, but we definitely, I think, have some some players that can make a difference. You know, I like. I think Salto Lamaki is a good addition. He's a champion. He won last year with the Red Sox. He knows what it takes to win, and uh, that's important to have in the clubhouse. You know, and uh, so, we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think the Marlins could stretch it to 70 wins this year. The over is at 66.5. I'd like to see him break the 70 win mark. Um, and who knows? Like I said, maybe we'll make a move in the middle of the year and we can bump that number up even a little bit more. So um, the big thing that I think has to happen is that they got to lock down Fernandez and they got to lock down Stanton. Um, and that's really something that I think the fan base needs to see as well, too, because I mean, I'm personally thinking about boycotting the Marlins if they don't if they don't hang on to Stanton, man. I mean, that guy's prolific power hitter, puts stands in the seats, 
you know, uh, hopefully he'll be in the home run derby this year. I'd love to see that. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so we'll see what happens there. But so you think the Marlins 50, 55 wins, is that what you said? Well, you know, I, I really can't. I, I've been let down by the Marlins so many times. Um, you know, they're my favorite National League team always. You know, I'm I'm a homer. I love my home team of the Florida Marlins. I mean, of the Miami Marlins. But, uh, you know, I'm an original Yankee fan. So, um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. And uh, Mike Redman, he still doesn't convince me as a as a good manager, you know, I um I just hope they do do good and and I I really do hope that the that management does uh keep Fernandez and uh Stanton, bro. Those are two key players, they're franchise players. They they are face of our of our franchise, man, and and they're very beloved down here, especially Fernandez with the Cuban community down here. Um you know, we we need to have more Cubans and and Latin American players in in Miami Marlins. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. But I I really don't think they'll hit seventy wins, Doctor Ray. Well, Manny, that's why they play the games. You know, so I'm excited to see what happens throughout the season. Right now, they're on pace to uh, to win a lot more than seventy. So we'll see how it holds up. Um, you may be right, but. But you, they've only played the the Colorado Rockies, which um, I believe the Colorado Rockies are were the also the other expansion team that came in with the Marlins. Am I am I correct, Doctor Ray? Yeah, hundred percent correct. It was the battle of the expansions. Um, now check this out: the Rockies are actually predicted seventy six and a half games, so they think the the Rockies are ten games better than the Marlins preseason. So you know we'll see. Like I said, we'll see what happens there and. And how it shakes not out, you know. Not from what I saw on opening night. Not from what I saw on opening night. They're not going to win no seventy something games either. Well, you know, like I said, it, you know, it's a long season, and and players step up, and there's streaks, and there's uh, you know, injuries, and a lot of different factors that go into it. So, like I said, that's why they play the games. They don't just say, "Oh, these guys are the best," or they have the highest payroll, or whatever the case is. You know, they 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 schedule and they play them and they make them happen and at the end of the year we'll see who's the best team so you know are the Marlins going to be that team uh, I think it's something like a hundred to one chance or something like that right now but you know who knows we'll see what happens throughout the year go Yankees go Yankees man I'm a Yankee hater I don't I don't like it when you can buy championships like the Marlins have in the past and like the Yankees have in the past but you know but, but you isn't, know, it, isn't it fun isn't it fun to buy your championships <sighs> you know what? That's a, it's a loaded question, man. But um, <laughs> it, it's fun winning championships. It's it's you know, and you know when it's another team, it's like oh they bought it. When it's your team, it's like so what we bought it, you know. But you know I like it when teams like the A's win. You know I like it when teams like the Marlins who don't buy and then have a fire sale would win. You know I like seeing teams like the Cardinals win who have a mediocre payroll but they play cardinal baseball, you know, and that's what I like. I like teams that manufacture runs. I like teams that play good defense. I like teams that don't have all the superstars in the world but still get the job done, you know. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens throughout this year. So, uh, 
you know, we can spend a whole bunch of time on baseball, and maybe next week we'll talk a little bit more about predictions. Uh, but I do have to get a little bit of health talk in here tonight, Manny. So I'm going to go ahead and move on a little bit here to the weight loss topic of the night. Um, I know this is an important topic for a lot of people, and especially a lot of softball players. I know a lot of guys are out there playing a little bit overweight, and they're feeling it. You know, maybe their 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 range has gone down a little bit. Maybe their back's tightening up a little bit when they're swinging. Uh, maybe their knees are starting to bother them a little bit. These can all be signs of being a little bit overweight. Um, but the main thing is, is that when it comes to being overweight is that not only do you not look good, not only do you not feel good, but what that contributes to is confidence. So a lot of times when you're working out, you, you may be the same exact weight. You may be everything the exact same. You started working out, and all of a sudden you start to say, man, my body's starting to look different. Uh, but it's really a self-perceived value that you're looking at, you know. When people see you, they're not going to notice as much of a difference. But if you come in and you are full of energy and you're looking like you're feeling well, and, you know, people are going to notice and say, hey, what's going on with that guy? And it gives you more confidence. Confidence is always something that's important. And we talked about this earlier in the show or earlier in, uh, earlier in one of our earlier shows that, you know, my football coach told me, you know, Tomos, I hope you play as good as you look. And, you know, that confidence is important. If you're out there and you're looking good, you're going to try to be playing good. So it's not just about looking good because of aesthetics, but because of the fact that looking good gives you confidence as well, too, you know. When you have that confidence to take off your shirt at the beach or when you have that confidence to walk up to, you know, a member of the opposite sex and say, hey, what's going on, you know, that's that's all important because if you have a negative self-perception, you're not going to really succeed at doing those things. You know, just like that scene in, uh, uh, what was that movie with Adam Sandler and uh, Anger Management, you know, when he has to walk up to Heather Graham at the bar and he has to say some perverse thing with confidence and he gets shot down the first time he goes up. I mean, I the girl was, was hired. But that's something that, that really can happen in real life. When you walk up and you do something with confidence, it's a lot different than when you do it without it. You know, every time that I go up to the plate, I think, it's not what if, it's, it's, a, it's I'm expecting it, you know, and that's what you have to kind of breathe in your everyday life and exercise and weight loss when that. So I wanted to get into a little bit, where do you start when it comes to losing weight? You know, how much weight do you need to lose? These are the important things that we look at. So now obviously if you're just a few pounds overweight, you know, and you know what's going on, it's really a numbers game. Um, but when you start to get really overweight, it becomes a problem. And, and one of the biggest problems are diets, and diets are a major problem because diets are not sustainable. So, yeah, you can lose weight, but as soon as you stop doing what you're doing to lose weight, guess what's going to happen? You're going to gain weight back again. And what ends up happening a lot of times is that people get so strict and so crazy with their diets that they end up burning out and then they end up binge eating afterwards, and because their body is in such shock, it's actually storing everything that they eat as fat. So when they start eating all these bad foods again, now all of a sudden they're heavier than they were when they first started. So dieting is something that you have to be really careful careful with. Anytime you hear diet, I stay away. You know, say that people have disguised dieting lately, and that's with detoxing. So there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, detox and do this and this. You know, those detoxes are also sometimes not sustainable, so you have to be very, very careful with that. Um, so one of the things I do with my patients is if I do see that there's a lot of issues with 
system is overactive, then I'll do a detox. But my detox is not a calorie restriction one. It's one into which I just basically take out processed foods, chemicals, and those types of things and tell people to basically eat 50% vegetables, eat 50% um, or 40% protein, and then the rest of it is going to be just the fats that you use really to cook with. So basically what I'm doing is eliminating carbohydrates and sugar. And the reason is because sugar is one of the biggest problems in not only raising cholesterol, but in not allowing your body to lose weight. So anytime that you have a big influx of sugar, your pancreas have to release a lot of insulin. And insulin is what allows your cells to actually use that sugar and put them through the Krebs cycle and then make energy. Now, what that does is it creates a lot of volatility or a lot of swings in your blood sugar. Sugar that is very volatile or going up and down and up and down is one that's going to create stress hormones. Stress hormones steal away from sex hormones like testosterone and androgens and estrogen, and those are the ones that help keep up your metabolism. So when you become very stressed, it in fact does not allow you to lose weight. So in order to lose weight, you have to also manage your stress. So you can see why it's not just one thing that turns that creates the loss. It's not just eating right. In fact, studies show that dieting and exercise language they are not dieting, but eating better and eating well and exercising help you lose more weight and build more muscle and are healthier for you than just dieting alone or exercise alone. So the big thing that I try to get across in my office is that it's not just one thing that's going to change your life. It's doing everything differently with a different idea and different that's going to change your life. So basically what you have to do is you have to eat right. You have to exercise a certain way. You got to take care of stress management. You have to sleep. That's really the big thing. Sleep is when your body uses fat to repair damage to repair uh, or to take oxygen deficits that have happened throughout the day. And sleep is when you really burn a lot of fat. So if you're sleeping five hours a day and you're super stressed, no matter how much you eat, no matter how much you exercise, it's going to be very hard for you to lose weight. So I, you know, if I have people that are having trouble losing weight, I assess their hormones, I assess their neurotransmitters, I have them do food diaries, I have them and I look at really what they're eating, really eat. But then you go to eat with the guy and he orders, you know, three, four, or five courses and then dessert, and then he's like, oh man, I'm not, I'm still kind of hungry. I, I really haven't eaten much, you know. So really, it's where the food diaries come in handy. So it's not just one thing; it's a whole bunch of things all together. So when dieting. You want to try to restrict some calories. You want to try to eat something that's sustainable between 1,500 to 1,800 calories a day if you're a female. Maybe a little bit more than that if you're a male. If you're intense exercise, you can pick that, that number up a little bit. But the quality of the food is very important as well, too. You want to try to eliminate processed foods. You want to try to eliminate preserved foods because those foods basically create more inflammation in the body. And inflammation in the body makes it hard for you to lose weight because it, it does increase those hormones like cortisol that block fat uh, fat metabolism. That's properly. Um, that's something that is actually a clinical problem. That's why obesity has become a disease now um, among the fact that they also want to sell drugs for it. Um, but obesity is something that can be clinical sometimes. And in that case, it's important that people don't just try the new fat diet, but see a practitioner that can help them come up with a plan to exercise, try to eat well, um, and do all the things that they need to do to lose weight. Um, so that being said, kind of wrapping up a little bit on the weight loss talk, um, you know, there's a lot of things that you can do, and I just wanted to give you guys a couple of tips 
um, to get that in. And before I get to the tips, um, we actually have another caller on the line who just who just came on. Um, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to that caller now. And uh, caller, please tell us your name and where you're calling from. Hey, Dr. Ray. My name is Omar. I'm calling here from Miami, Florida, here on 24th Street. All right, Omar, thanks for calling in. Do you have a question? Yeah, um, I don't know what you guys are probably talking to uh, prior to me calling, but I was calling to see what your thoughts were on the new FSU logo, uh, if you've seen it or not. Oh, man. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that that's an April Fool's prank. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I don't like the logo too much. It kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, I, I saw a couple pictures surface on the Internet, and, you know, I'm a big FSU guy, um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really – enjoying it too much. I really like the old one, the traditional one. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Like I said, hopefully it's an April Fool's Day prank. You know, I, I don't know. What do you think? I, I, I hope so. The, the Sentinel the looks like he's having a hard time there. Yeah, it looks like he, he may be a little constipated or <laughs> like there's something going on there, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, Dr. Ray. Thank you. Hey, no problem, Omar. Thanks for calling in. Uh, great input there. And, uh, you know, definitely, definitely something that, oh, man, it's kind of killing me, the, uh, the FSU logo. So, oh, man, I hope it turns out to, uh, like I said, be an April Day prank and, and nothing else. So um, we'll see what happens there. But thanks, Omar, for, um, from Miami for calling in and for listening to the show. We definitely appreciate it. And um, I guess just to, to wrap up, I wanted to go ahead and give you guys these, uh, these exercise tips. Um, when you are trying to lose weight, um, slow cardio is not the best way to do it. Getting on the cardio machines and, and doing 45 minutes of elliptical or whatever the case is, that's good to burn fat, but you're only burning fat for that amount of time. A great way to burn fat is by building an oxygen deficit, and you do that. So if you notice when you're done sprinting, what happens? You have to suck wind for a while. You have to because <gasps> your body's trying to recuperate some of the oxygen that or some of the energy that it had. So basically, that uh, that oxygen deficit is a great way to burn fat. So high intensity exercises like CrossFit, um, that's a great way to, to lose weight. Um, the issue with high intensity exercise is that you actually have to build up a foundation to be able to exercise properly. So you don't ever want to just go into high intensity exercise, even though it's the most effective way to lose weight. So a six week acclimation program is something that I put my patients on, and basically start them out with walking, start them. Uh, have them move a little bit more into, uh, you know, slow jog, then walk, slow jog, then walk, and then we start to get into the intervals, um, you know, after about six weeks to eight weeks at that point, where the body cannot tolerate. Now, if there's a lot of cardiovascular risk, obviously we're going to do something like a stress test first as well, too. Um, so there's a lot of considerations that we look at, but when it comes to weight loss, we're not just looking at diet, we're also looking at exercise. And of course, I'm going to run some preliminary blood work and I'm going to see is there any type of issues with fat metabolism to where we can really help people burn fat better. So if we see triglycerides are through the roof, I may prescribe something like carnitine. Carnitine is basically like insulin um, is to sugar. It helps the body bring it across the membrane and start to burn. Again, it's something that we look at that, um, you know, clinically that can help lose weight and to burn fat and so on and so forth. High intensity is the way to go. Um, it, it takes less time, and you burn more fat over more over more days. Um, you can be paying oxygen deficit even up to a day and a half after after a really intense workout. Um, so, you know, it doesn't have to be CrossFit. There's other ways to do it. You can really sprint 
two and then sprint again, whatever you want to do. But high intensity exercise is the way to go. Um, trying to avoid a lot of changes in blood sugar is a great way to go. Um, you know, eating low glycemic foods, um, staying away from very, uh, very sugary things. Um, that sugar, again, does create a lot of spikes in blood sugar and make it hard for you to lose weight. And, of course, stress management. Stress management, again, is very important. Um, there's a book called The Relaxation Response by Herbert Benson, MD, which is a great book. A lot of clinical studies in there that show that actually meditating 15 minutes a day can change your genetics. So, you know, imagine that. You know, uh, just by focusing and thinking about something, you can actually change what your body is expressing, what your DNA is expressing. So that's pretty powerful stuff right there. Um, so I just wanted to leave you guys with those tips. And remember that weight loss is just one thing. It's a whole host of different things. So we may do a little bit of a follow-up with this next week um, because we, we weren't able to talk about it so much tonight because we did get into so much baseball and so much fantasy. Um, but that being said, you guys are more than welcome to join us on the show here. Uh, thank you tonight, Omar, for calling in. Um, we didn't even get to our top three, so we're going to have to do our top three next week. And, uh, Manny, thank you so much for joining us on your birthday. Um, we really appreciate it, man. You know, I gave you a shout-out in the beginning, and you ended up joining us anyway. Um, so thanks for doing that. And, you know, um, if there's anybody that you want to shout-out right now or anything that you got going on, go ahead. Uh, you got a minute or two. Well, I just want to uh, thank you, Dr. Ray, again for having me on the show. Um, I want to thank uh, my mother and father uh, who actually uh, – this day wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for them. And I uh, want to give a shout-out to my wife and my uh, my baby boy, MF4. He will be turning 10 months tomorrow. And uh, Dr. Ray, I just uh, Googled the new FSU logo, and it just makes me want to say, well, it makes me wonder where where the spear is located on that logo. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Um yeah, so hopefully, like I said, it's not the new logo. Um, you know, if it is, I'm sure that we'll get used to it. Um, probably not going to like it for a while. Uh, but if if that's what it is, then that's what it is. So we, we shall see. Um, so anyway, Manny, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, everybody out there listening, thanks for being with us here on the Hot Corner uh, every Thursday night at 7. And, uh, again, if you got any questions that you want us to talk about next week on the show, you can tweet us throughout the week, either at Dr. Ray T, that's D-R-R-A-Y-T, um, or at ISPSO. And uh, Manny will be back on next week full time, and we'll be able to get access to the Twitter feed and to the Facebook feed, and we'll, we'll have more uh, interaction from all the listeners out there. So, again, everybody, thanks for joining us here on the Hot Corner, and I uh, hope you have a great night. Manny, I hope you have an excellent birthday, my man. I hope you enjoy it more than anything. Uh, how old are you tonight, by the way? I am, uh, I like to say, I, I reached Jesus Christ age, so I am 33 years old, brother. Oh, man, beautiful. That's what I like to hear. All right, my man. Well, hope you have a great night. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm about to get ready to get out to the, to the baseball or to the softball field, and I got a 9 o'clock game, so uh, wish me luck. And everybody out there, thanks for listening. To the hot corner. Thanks, Dr. Ray. Bye bye.
Alexa, play Imagine Dragons. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.